Come, Holy Spirit. We can do this. We can just say, come, Holy Spirit. That's what we're looking at this morning again. Holy Spirit. I've worn my red T-shirt because I'm half Welsh, celebrating Wales victory yesterday. People looking at me like, you're not Welsh, you liar. Come, Holy Spirit. It's okay, we can, we can just chill, we can relax a little bit in church. Come, Holy Spirit, just ask him, just invite him now. Last week we looked at the person of the Holy Spirit, that he's God. So when we say, come, Holy Spirit, we're saying, come, God, come and flood my heart right now. Go on, just for 10 seconds, just ask him, come and, come and ambush me this morning, Holy Spirit. I need your presence Just speak to him right now, in your own language, in your own ways. Come, Holy Spirit. It's it's honestly a real privilege for me to be sharing this morning. Um, So I don't take this lightly. It's a real joy, a real privilege. We are in City Group Sunday, as Sarah and Matt has alluded to, and we're launching into this next season of groups where we're looking at what it looks like to be a people, individuals, as well as a whole family, a whole community that are filled and continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's exciting. Like, this is it. It's what it's about. Jesus says, I promise that the the Father will send you someone. He says, I won't leave you as orphans, I'll come to you. We will make our home in you. But then there's another promise. There's a promise of empowerment, of baptism in the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're looking at, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I appreciate we come from different backgrounds, possibly, from different church upbringings and traditions. But what I want to zone in on is baptism in the Holy Spirit, this birth of the early church. I want to to cut to the chase, friends, and I'll ask you, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? See, many people nodding. Because you'd know, you would know. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? In Luke's gospel, Luke also wrote Acts, and he, he almost closes his gospel account with these words from Jesus. Jesus says, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father, and he's going to come upon you but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. He's saying it's coming, but you need to wait to receive. Acts 1, 4 and 5, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, he basically says, you've heard me talk about this. You've heard me talk about this promise. Remember John, my cousin John, he baptized in one way, in water, in a few days from now, some accounts say, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. Then jumping down to Acts 1.8, but you, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. This is incredible. You friends, Amy Howard, you're going to receive power this morning. (laughs) Anyone else what one Amy's got? Come on. You're going to receive fresh power this morning when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be his witness 
in your street, in Manchester, in Greater Manchester, in England, in Europe, and to the ends of the earth. That's what this text is telling us. Acts 2, 1 and 4, this is the day, the day of Pentecost, the day they've been waiting for. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly, this mighty wind rushed in. (laughs) Some of you are feeling that right now in your hearts. This mighty wind rushing in again. They were together. They were trapped. They were not trapped. They were in fear of the Jews. Some translations talk about these 120 believers, followers of Jesus, were in fear of their lives, really. They were gathered together in this upper room, waiting. You can imagine them. When do you think it's going to happen? When is this promise? And then this wind. It's not like a breeze. I used to live by the sea. And when the wind kicks up by the sea, friends, it is unreal. I lived through the storm in Sussex when mighty oak trees were being pushed over and cars flipped over and house chimneys on houses crumbling in. And this mighty wind is from God. And it blew into an upper room and it said it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to rest and remain on all of their heads. Fire. John, Jesus' cousin, says, I'm baptizing you for repentance, but one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to tie up his sandals. I'm not even worthy to tie up his Nike Air Max. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. You baptize with fire, you know about it. You really will. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I knew about it. It was the moment I gave my heart to Jesus. That's when it happened for me. I left this house wanting to shout about Jesus from the rooftops. I, I thought, man, I've been, I've been possessed in every great way. He's possessed me and he sent me out. He's propelled me out to tell others about Jesus. Do you know Jesus is alive? He's alive. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Friend, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? It's the difference to your Christian walk. If you haven't, it's like I said earlier, it's like eating muesli without milk. It's horrible. Our Christian lives will be horrible if we're not continually baptized, continually soaked in this love. Be horrible. We'll do things on our own steam and effort. My friend Julian says we begin to sweat in the Holy Spirit. When you, if your life in God is as your Christian journey, if you're sweating in the Spirit, you need to receive, again, the Holy Spirit, joy, peace gladness. What is baptism in the Holy Spirit? That's what I'm going to ask. We're going to go on a bit of a progressive journey. Then just to give you the heads up, some of you might twitch in your seats when I say this, I'm going to 
call you out towards the front later on to receive the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do, we're going to say, have a think about it. We're going to very boldly and confidently say, do you know what? If you want to receive fire afresh this morning, you've got to come get some. And it's not from me. Look at me. I can't give you that. It's him. It's Jesus. We come to the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit and fire. But what is this baptism? In Acts 19, Paul is walking through into Ephesus and he stumbles across these believers. And he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they, they effectively said, no, we, we didn't even hear of the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, what baptism did you receive? John's. Well, that was a baptism of repentance. He talked about one coming after him. Hello, it is me. And he laid, not him, talking about Jesus, and then he laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit and they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. Now, what is this baptism? It's not a reward. It's not a reward for trying hard. It's not a reward for your good efforts. It's not a progression in your Christian journey. It's a gift. It's a free gift from your daddy in heaven because he longs for you to have his presence. It's a free gift. It's always part of the Christian package. Free gift. And it is a, a filling with power. The word baptize means to drench or immerse or cover. So in a few weeks, we're going to be baptizing seven people, guys. That's unreal. Seven people. We're going to be covering them with water for three and a half minutes. That's how we do it here. We pickle people. Simmer. They're covered with water. So this word baptize means drench. It comes from the original Greek root word, which means drench. So when we're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's not just a, oh, that's nice. It's a filling with power. Filling with power. Whether you received that at your own conversion or whether you've never received it yet, we know, I said last week, that the Holy Spirit is, is the one that regenerates our hearts. He's the one that made the reality of Jesus real in our hearts. So we've received the Spirit, but there's an empowerment that comes by the Spirit. So friends, I ask you again, have you received this power? By the way, you don't have to wait for me. You can just go ahead and receive this morning. Joy, receive the Holy Spirit. May your name break out across this room. Joy. Sarah Green, receive the Holy Spirit afresh this morning. Just drink right now. Come, Holy Spirit. It's power. A guy called Terry Virgo says, baptism in the Holy Spirit is an empowering for service that takes place in the life of a Christian when the person is immersed in the Spirit's power. It's not a reward for trying hard. That's religion. It's a gift to enable you to overcome right from the start. It's a gift. Just receive that gift right now. Ben, take it. Holy Spirit. Man, I'm excited. I'm tingling. I know I might not be inside I'm dancing. 
Genuinely, I'm excited. I know that people are going to receive the Spirit for the first time this morning. So that's what it is. It's a power from on high, clothed to propel us. I'll get to that in a minute. Who is it for? For all who would believe. The Bible's really clear about this. Jesus, John chapter 7. I think it will come up behind me as well. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood. Imagine him with his fellow man, his countrymen, his kinship, his, his nation. He's, he's at this feast that they celebrated all the time. And he, he stands and cries out, the Bible says, with a loud cry. Not, is anyone thirsty? He would have shouted, whoever thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, just as the Bible, just as the scripture has said, streams of living water from their heart will flow. It says by this he meant the Spirit. Spirit had not been poured out like this yet because Jesus had not been glorified yet. I'm paraphrasing this text. But friends, we're living in a really good age right now. Do you know why? Because Jesus is glorified. Like, that's really good news. There's no more work for him to do on earth in terms of the finishedness of his nature. He's done it all. He's done it all. The cross stands above everything. His victory at the cross, his, his death for our sin, his resurrection to give us these brand new adopted lives as sons and daughters, his, his burial in the tomb, his ascension to the Father, his sending of the Spirit has now happened. We're living in these promised days. And it's for whoever would believe. So I want to ask you, friend, do you believe? You can say, I, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. It's okay to do that. You know, Sarah, a few... Months ago, when we were looking at the hunger series, she brilliantly helped us. Sometimes we're not hungry, are we? And I appreciate, there'll be, there'll be many in this room like, uh, I get that. A lot of my life is, uh, I don't want to live like, uh, like I want to live excited that I'm living by a continual flowing fountain that can fill me to overflowing every day of my life. So if you're not hungry this morning, just say, God, I want to be hungry. Help me get hungry. Chloe, could you just pass my water for me? I'm just going to do this as an illustration. I'm literally just going to throw this over. Ready? Who's hungry this morning? Here we go. People are like, don't you dare. I'm looking at Pete's face. I wonder if he does this. I wonder if this crazy loon does this. Just say right now, like even if you're, even if you're fully satisfied, say, God, get me hungry again. Come on right now, let's just ask him. Just say, God, I want to be hungry. I want to be hungry. That's my, listen, please don't ever, ever think that those that stand here slightly higher on a stage looking this way have got it all together. But I'm as desperate as you are. I want my life to look more like his every day. I'm so acutely aware of my weakness. That's why I'm hungry for you and your power. Do you know his love is his power? So the promise is for us right here, right now. 
some of you are going to get filled afresh this morning. You know, there was a day in history when this wasn't the case. In the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit came upon certain people, leaders, prophets, judges, kings, to lead God's people. But then, but then there's this man called Joel, this, this prophet who speaks hundreds of years into the future and says, after all of this, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Joel 2, it might come up on the screen behind me, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters, they will prophesy. They will speak the very things of God. They will dream dreams. Anyone want dreams in this room? Like dreams of the kingdom. Just put your hand up if you want to receive dreams afresh. I just want to bless that. Like, God, give us dreams. Anyone want to prophesy? God, open our eyes. Give us x-ray vision to see in the spirit. We are the answer on planet Earth, friends. Christ in us is the answer. He is hope. He is deliverer. He is savior. He is peace. He is joy. He is healer. We get to catch. Suzanne, you carry the very presence of God. This is mind-blowing. Give us dreams. Give us visions. So Joel says there's a day that's going to come when the Holy Spirit doesn't just fall on kings and judges and priests, but he's going to pour out on all flesh. Then we fast forward to the book of Acts here. And then we see this suddenly, this mighty wind, this tongues of fire, people speaking in other languages. Do you know these other languages? It wasn't gobbledygook. And I know even in this space, people will be a bit freaked out by this word tongues. Are you those guys that speak in tongues? The accurate is languages. Speaking in other languages. What happened in this account, they, they spilled out of this room speaking in languages that other people could understand. It's like us spilling out of here, the powerhouse, walking through Moss Side, and Mark beginning to speak in Russian. Let's bless what the Lord's doing. It's a walking miracle. Genuinely, it's like, and then Russians go, hey, how, I can hear you declaring the praises of God in my language. How long have you been learning Russian? I just learnt it. Literally, just it just fell on me. It was a spectacle, so much so that the onlookers were like, what on earth's going on? These people are, are pickled. They, they've, they've drunk too much. Then Peter, he says, these people aren't drunk, Acts 2.15, as you suppose. They're not drunk. I can hear what you're saying. They're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what's going on, friends. This is what's happening. People of Israel, listen up. Do you remember Joel, hundreds of years in our history? He talked about a day that looked like this. Bingo, it's happening. It's happening. This promise of the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh is now the reality of what you're experiencing. This spectacle on the streets, it's not meant to be contained, dare I say, in the comfort of our Christian bubbles. This is meant to be poured out into the streets. This is meant to be prophesied into the hospitals. This is meant to be what you're carrying into your workplaces. Healings, I love Christian meetings when Christians get healed, but do you know what I love even more? When non-believers get healed. 
Because that is a sign and a wonder that Jesus is alive and the Spirit has been poured out. We have been healed. One day you're going to receive your healing in full. Very close friend of mine a few years ago died of leukemia. He's like a father in the faith to me. He just suddenly died. But do you know what? He knew where he was going. And he knew that I'm, I'm going to be healed. Like whether this takes me here or I go home, I'm going to be healed. And that's the difference, friends. When the Holy Spirit grabs hold of you and fills you and baptizes you, you know who you are and you know what you're about. He goes on to say in Acts, listen, so everything I've told you about Jesus, you need to repent now and you need to be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus. And you know what? When you've done that, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's for you. The promise is for you, your children, your children's children, all who are far off. And we are the inheritance of that promise. We are the children's 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 children. Children. And we, we get to receive. We've just been away at a conference, me, Mark, and Gemma, a prophetic conference. And um, this guy, Sean Freud, Freud, Sean Freud, he stood up and he said, God's not boring, you're boring. <laughs> I feel reminded of that. I want to look in the mirror and go, God's not boring, you're boring. You're boring. So I'm not looking at anyone. I'm looking at myself in a mirror. If we, if we are living our lives like eating muesli without milk, it's our deal. It's not God's. He's got a river of living water for you. In a few moments, I'm going to call you down to the front here, and we're just going to lay hands on each other to receive this river afresh. And some of you are going to be propelled into the mission field again with fresh energy and vigor and conviction and that... Friends, the promise is for you. It's tangible. What, what might we experience? So it's, so it's a baptism, it's a filling of power, it's for whoever would believe, and it's tangible. You'd know. It's like if I put my finger in this water and then put it in one of the plug sockets, I'd know about it, right? I wouldn't have to keep doing it. God wants us to know his presence, and his power, and his love. We don't chase after power. I'm longing for his love. And I'm looking in your eyes as well, and I know you want to be loved. I don't, I I'm yet to meet a person who goes, no, don't want to be loved. And if they do, it's because they're broken and they need love. You know, this power, this electricity is love. And this is what you could tangibly experience because we do see tongues and prophecy, but some people get so hung up on that. Maybe I haven't received the Spirit if I don't speak in tongues or I don't prophesy. That's just one or two examples in the Bible. There's others. Disciples were filled with joy. Like if you can say, tick, then maybe you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's a peace within your heart that you just know whatever goes on, I know, I know my Redeemer lives. And I know I'm going to be with him forever. There's an assurance tick. You might just be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's a heavenly language. This, this language, this tongues, tick. You might just be filled with the Spirit. Maybe there's that love where it says the Holy Spirit pours his love in and we're convinced of our sonship and adoption. 
Remember last week, I talked about the bedrock of what Holy Spirit does. He, he affirms us, he assures us that we're loved kids. That is a continual flow. We're meant to live by a continual reservoir, like a, a river, not a pond. God is not a pond. He's a flowing, mighty river. You imagine all the oceans put together times by a million and then times that by a million, not even going to get close to the mightiness of God. He is a mighty river. So you just might experience some sort of tangible sensation this morning. You might feel electricity. We've just been away, as I said, and um, this guy stood up and just began to pray, like people be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it feels really timely. And began to pray, didn't they, Mark, for different... For the Anglican church to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you heard this, whoa! For the Baptists, this guy just went bosh on the floor. Mark just went, there's the Baptists. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. It was just this timely moment where you're just like... Thank you, Jesus. We came to, we were at this conference where there were no tribal lines. It wasn't the Methodist movement. It wasn't the Baptist. We were together as one body, the church of Jesus Christ. And people were crying out for the Holy Spirit. When God looks on the earth, he sees one church. And that's you, friends. That's me. But there will be tangible sensations. Some people shake, rattle, and roll. You know, and often I see these people, I'm like, why don't I do that? But God always reminds me, because you receive it this way. I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel like crying a lot of the time. I'm a big baby anyway. But just this, honestly, God knows what we need. He's so good. So don't worry. You know, I don't want anyone to be fearful. Like, I want you to feel like, man, I'm jumping in the river. Jumping in the river. Quick picture I feel reminded of. Um, we... We, went, we were treated, my friend works in this huge oak manor house and he, he looks after the property and he, there's an indoor oak barn swimming pool, <laughs> suffering for Jesus and all that. And we were treated on my son's birthday to go to this place and Tom was in the middle of this pool just lying on a lilo, like legs akimbo, just like, yes, basking in the glory. All the adults had their clothes on around the edges just looking, wish I was in the pool. That's all I heard, that, you could see that. Tom having so much fun, wish I was in the pool. And I said to him, come on, boy, time to get out. And he's like, nope. <laughs> come on, darling, time to get out. Nope. And I was getting a bit frustrated. And in that moment, I felt God speak to me. He knows where to live from. Like, just in the river. Like, in the river. We need to be pushing each other in the river. I want my brother Neil, right? If I get stressed and anxious, just get in the river, Sam. A little hip movement. <laughs> I went to Strictly last weekend. Get in the river. Like genuinely, get in the river. Well, this is how we want to pastor each other and care for each other. Get in the river. Get in the river of God's mercy. Like we have no skills to make you better. <laughs> get in the river. And when we get in the river, there will be tangible experiences. It's going to take an act of faith for you to say, Man, I'm hungry. I know there's not a physical river, but I'm coming out of my seat and I'm going to stand here because I want to receive the Holy Spirit afresh. So it's power. It's for all who will be, believe. There's tangible experiences. What is it for? I'm going to close with this. A guy that used to lead our church, a guy called John Groves, an incredible Bible teacher, he says, from the beginning of your Christian life, the Holy Spirit has been working in you. You're born again by the Spirit. However, Jesus promised his disciples a dynamic power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. That's what it's for.
is to receive this dynamic power. And I've touched on that, but I want, to, I want to labor it just for a moment. This dynamic power to witness for him. Joy. Joy. What the world needs is a load of joy-filled Christians to invade it. Not a load of people that want to argue with people in their mental ascent and convince people theologically. I'm, I'm all for the Bible. I love the Bible. Man, that's a, that's a primary way God speaks to me. But what God needs is a company of people so filled with his love that carry his love wherever they go. Witnesses. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses, Jesus says. This is what a witness looks like. They've been marked by Jesus, sealed, you're mine. And they've been filled with this dynamic power. Now go for me. But they know who they are. We live like Jesus. You know, I want you, you've only known me, some of you, for almost two years. Sorry for that. But I want you next year to say, Sam, you look more like Jesus this year than you did last year. See, that's what we're becoming like. We're becoming more Christ-like. The Bible says we're being transformed into ever-increasing glory, from glory to glory, to look like who? Like Jesus. I know this, you know, this isn't kindergarten. I think the answer is Jesus. That's the deal. I'm being, you're being transformed into ever-increasing likeness of his glory. It's unbelievable. So our lives, we would live, look, sound, smell, reflect, resemble, mirror Jesus on the earth. Fully empowered. This is what it says of Jesus in Acts 10. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good. Isn't that amazing? So I want to commission you, family, friends, let's go about doing good. Because we're anointed and empowered by Holy Spirit. He healed the oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. This is what me and Em feel, us as a family, and I know it's on this church house as well. This is my mandate, because it was Jesus's. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. And he's empowered me to preach good news to the poor. We went into the prison a few months ago, preached good news And we saw 15 or so men give their hearts to Jesus. Unbelievable. Because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us to set the captives free. Can I just invite the band back up, please? Thanks so much, Em. Lizette, I thought you were joining the band then. I was like, this is amazing. Just as they're getting ready... I just want you to know again, just this freedom, just to be who you are, the, God, the, the you that God's created. You're carriers of his glory, carriers of his presence, because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's loads of Bible reference across the New Testament where, where you go, he goes. You can't escape him. You carry him. You're sealed with him. You drip him. Wherever you go, he goes, because he lives in you. So just show up. Show up and shine. The goal, like I said last week, is to fall deeply in love with Jesus to let that love pickle your heart and to carry that love wherever you go. Will you just stand with me for a moment? This filling is not meant to be a one-off deal either. The Bible says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to craziness, but instead go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Go on every single day. Like if you don't remember anything else I've said, I want you to remember this. When you wake up in the morning, drink. Like receive the Holy Spirit afresh. 
every single day say, God, I need your presence. I need your power. I need your love to define my day. Friends, history is quite literally in our hands. This started with 120 people filled with power and it changed the known world. And we're now part of that now. I want you to just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to imagine what this earth might look like with two plus million spirit-empowered, crazy Jesus-following people on the earth. What might the difference be?